Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, So What Happens Next, Small Screens. I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And this week we are, yep, that's right, continuing our <laughs> Star Wars Cinematic Marathon with another, and arguably perhaps, one of the best. So we kind of went from a low-tier to, like, S-tier class movie here, if I do say so myself. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Amber, how are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah? You ready to uh, keep talking about Star Wars? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so weird that we like went to a Star Trek convention recently around the time of recording this, only to come back and be like, okay, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're talking about the other star show. Yeah. <laughs> um, you see, the show was banned after the Star Trek Wars. You mean the vast migration of Star Wars fans? Uh, no, that was the Star Wars Trek. It's like, ah, oh, darn, we, we already talked about Star Wars, Star yeah. Trek, you know? Live long and prosper, folks. Exactly, and may the Force be with you. <laughs> I feel like there could be an overlap with the two. Like, if there was, like, like one of the shows... If they're just like, oh, what if we went to the Star Wars universe? And it's just like, maybe Lower Decks could do that. It was, it would be really funny with like the cartoon. And just Jar Jar Binks is like, Misa Jar Jar. And they're yeah. just like, what? <laughs> or it's like a whole thing where it's like, God, this guy's so annoying. Like, we should just kill him. And then it's like, <laughs> we can't do that because we're Starfleet. And yeah. it's like this whole like, like this like great, you know, juxtaposition of it of like we're not going to just like off somebody because they're annoying yeah. we can't do that that goes against like everything we stand but for. he just completely screws up the ship or something and they're like shit like how are we going to get back to our own timeline right imagine that this line represents time here's the present 1985 the future and the past prior to this point in time somewhere in the past the timeline skewed into this tangent Creating an alternate 1985. Alternate to you, me, and Einstein. Fuck. Reality for everyone else. I think it'd be funny to be like a lower decks. So like spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> At the con they showed some uh some legit footage. Um, that is that is going to be I in the next really season. I really hope Paramount's not going to come. Oh after yeah, us. Well, no, no, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> okay. it. But they, they did like a D and D kind of thing, yeah. and it was fun. And all I could think was like, man, the only thing that would make this better is if the D and D was Star Wars. 
Like if they were like, oh, I am a Jedi class. Oh my whatever. gosh, yeah. Wouldn't and they don't think it's real, but like. Yeah, they like just yeah. don't even think about it like that. It's just <laughs> it's like, just it's like, this just game. just a cool game. Yeah. Or cool, st- with a cool storyline. And exactly. it's just like, no, somewhere it's. Then at the end, it zooms out into so like the galaxy. another galaxy. Yeah. Like it zooms out from the Star Trek galaxy, pans over, zooms into another galaxy. And they're doing a D&D of Star, of Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some Jedi, like, I am an engineering, a chief engineer. Now I'm going to move my character, Chief Miles O'Brien, two steps to the left so he can turn on the transporter. Oh, darn it. I rolled a zero. <laughs> Everyone died in the transportation thing. Um, that, that would be great. Oh, my God. That'd be a fucking fantastic. Crossover. I know, wouldn't it? <laughs> Lower Decks guy, come come check us out. Um, you know, hit us up. Uh, anyway, though, you know, we are not talking about Star Trek. We're talking about Star Wars and most notably a Star Wars story. So previous episode, obviously, we did solo. Two previous episodes now, kind of. Episode and a half. I don't know how you want to say it. We yeah. revisited it. Um and that was like the first of the Star Wars stories, canonically speaking. Yeah. Uh, this is the second. I think there's a big difference between the two in quality. But Amber, what are your thoughts on the the Star Wars stories, kind of as a thing? Before we get into, before we really get into it. So, the last review we did was for Solo, mm-hmm. which was another Star Wars story and i think we saw that before rogue one and so you might have i didn't really no solo was the only one i hadn't seen in theaters i'm pretty sure i saw solo before i saw rogue one and that's why i was like i didn't have very high hopes for this one Mm. because i was like ah it's gonna be probably just like solo right man was i wrong though (laughs) this movie's fantastic it is i've never been so wrong in all my life yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of, I feel like, advertisement for this movie. Because I think they were kind of expecting it to not be as good as it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't expect a lot of people to go see it. Um, I think they were just kind of throwing it out there just to get more money, to be honest. But this movie, it, like, it did what it was supposed to do right yeah. so in the last episode we were kind of just like yeah solo was missing a lot of these like different elements and things like mm-hmm. that and the plot was just really like it wasn't very fluid right but this one it it definitely makes sense like it fits within the timeline it's not so much focusing on like you know luke skywalker anakin right, skywalker right. like the skywalker family but it still gives you like I love how it gives you like the behind the scenes of what's happening mm-hmm. um, like during like when they're making the Death Star and things like that. So and, you know, got to get these plans to the right person. Right. So that way the rebellion can win. Well, and I think it's I, I think the big difference between this one and, and Solo is Solo in and of itself is not like a terrible garbage ass movie. Like yeah. it, it's fine, I guess. But it does focus more on the care it's it's sort of like a fan service thing i guess and i mean i think i was talking to somebody on twitter about this the other day but it was just like fan service isn't bad like i agree we were talking about it in the context of a uh, spider-man no way home mm-hmm. right like that movie there's a ton of fan service yeah. in that fucking movie like we aren't we cannot cannot not pretend that that's, yeah that's a thing um but to me you know with with no way home and kind of solo is a lot of it no way home more so a lot of it like hinges on that fan service to be a movie like yeah in no way home there is no movie if the rammy movies and the amazing spider-man movies didn't 
happen. Yeah. Like if those never occurred, there's no no the No Way Home is a lot less of a movie. On you know, it's a completely different film. Yeah. Um. You know, and I mean, it's still you know the Holland Spider Man's journey and all that stuff, but we're kind of also like he can't really get from point A to point B without Toby, without Andrew, and then without. Even Doc Ock, you know, and all of them are from different movies. Like, they're, they're from somewhere else. This movie, I, or Solo, I should say, kind of does something similar where it's like, hey, do you want, don't you want to see Solo, like, Han Solo get, like, his last name that you didn't know, like, wasn't a thing? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to see him, like, fly the Millennium Falcon? Don't you want to see him do this? Don't you see Lando do that? Don't you want to see the card game they always talk about? Like, oh, when he meets Chewbacca, you know, it, it's like, oh, let's let's fill in, let's answer all these, answer, quote unquote, all these questions, you know, yeah. instead of either leaving them to the old canon or just letting people fucking imagine it themselves. Yeah. They're just like, oh, let's answer all these and we'll build a movie around it. Like, how can we get Han in the, in the pilot seat if Lando is there and his, you know, droid girlfriend co-pilot's there? Like, yeah. well, we, I guess we got to kill her. And then they'll, and then Lando just has to be so distraught that Han has to fly. Like, you, you know, you're filling in the gaps just to get to the end when there really wasn't anything there to begin with. And I think this movie does the opposite. They, they do good character development on these people and it's nice to watch and they do great world building but it's like hey the plot is these are the guys that got the Death Star plans we're showing that you know we're not showing hey nudge nudge you wonder why you know what was Vader doing (laughs) you know between three and four whatever like we're doing we have a story we're doing the story yeah he's just (laughs) fucking in his tube or something I don't fucking know but yeah, like it's really it's it's interesting in that regard because I think it's a great way to show that, and I yeah. think it does it really well. Like this movie, you're right. I remember this. I remember when this movie came out, it was very like, oh yeah, here's some. There was like I remember there being like a lot of advertising for it, and I remember not really feeling too hyped for it. Yeah. I remember at the time being kind of disappointed because I think this came out between seven and eight, and I think myself and a lot of people were like oh, it's just a story in between three and four? Like, that's okay, fine, I guess. But, like, I want, at the time, you know, I want episode eight. I don't yeah. want Rogue One. This just feels like a <laughs> cash grab, you know? And then it comes out, and I was like, holy shit, that, I think that was really good. Yeah. Like, I've walked out of plenty of movies where, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I like that movie very much. Whereas with this, it was just like I walked out, I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I think I really... I didn't think I would like that movie. And I think I really liked the movie. And then, you know, you rewatch it just to make sure... Was I just having low expectations and it just exceeded garbage, you know? But it's good. I think this is this is easily maybe even one of my top. Of yeah. course, we'll get to that ranking system later. <laughs> pretty, 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 Why? pretty good. But let's dive into it, shall we? So Rogue One, like we said, is the story behind a handful of characters that make up the group later called Rogue One, that get the star uh, Death Star plans. They're the ones who retrieved the plans for the first Death Star and got them to uh, Princess Leia, you know, setting up A New Hope. I What do you think of the beginning of this movie? So this movie, because it starts out where it's uh, Mads Mikkelsen and, and his family kind of living on like a little farm uh, somewhere in what is clearly Iceland, but I think it's Iceland. It looks like Iceland. Um, they got like the black beaches and stuff, but yeah. it is like, you know, uh, uh, director Krennic, the guy who's, I guess the head of building the Death Star. Yeah. Um, so Orson Krennic and then, um, Galen Urso. Galen Urso. That's his name. Yeah. Played by, uh, 
Ben Mendelsohn and and Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. respectively. Uh, yeah. That's where that meme. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. Comes from, but this see, I, I know it's a small scene, and I know we're trying to like break these into larger chunks, but I, this I think is such a great setup for this movie, this whole bit, where they see, uh, you know, Krennic ships coming in and young Jin or so is like running and she's like they're coming or whatever and he's like okay enact operation Heidi hole like yeah. get the fuck out of here and it's like a thing like they yeah. are so prepared for this to happen um but yeah what'd you think of this whole bit because like Jin goes and hides in a hole and then a bunch of shit happens but what'd you think of this bit Amber yeah so this part was it was actually I loved the opening because it didn't even do the traditional Star Wars like dun, oh, that's dun, true dun. that's true like, it just like no scroll and yeah. then like you see a big old like Death You're just Star over a planet or and... it's not the Death Star sorry the planet yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just like right there and you just go right into it like it's just like starts right it off was the jarring bat. yeah it's jarring to me um but I like it better than Solo's weird half-assed scroll where it's like it was a lot of time yeah. and it's like it's not scrolling but it just comes off like you didn't have enough to write a scroll yeah yeah whereas this is just like Lucasfilm LTD boom you're in the movie yeah. now and it's like holy <laughs> shit okay <laughs> I didn't know how much I leaned on that that scroll yeah but already you have like so many things happening like you have like um galen urso and you have like his family and they're getting ready to basically like flee Mm -hmm. um from uh krennan and his you know stormtrooper his fucking creepy ass stormtroopers too they got like little what's it called uh, encrypted voices so they're like yeah yeah yeah, that was fucking weird (laughs) shit Yeah, but yeah, you don't really know like what's happening at first because I like how they put it kind of through the eyes of like of Jin. Jin. Yeah. And you kind of they focus more on her and her making her escape and you kind of get bits and pieces here. Okay, like the father and, you know, Krennan used to work together, but they don't say specifically on what until, you know, you realize, right. oh, it's it's the Death Star. That's right. what he was working on. Um, but he's like, basically, you know, come back with us or whatever. Like, you can keep running, but we'll always find you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Jin's mom gets shot and dies. Yeah, because she's supposed to run away with Jin. Yeah. And she's like, no. And man... This whole movie could have been over. She just fucking pulled that trigger. Like they all would have, like they all would have died. But so would have Krennic yeah. would have died too, and this wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. So Jen's father gets taken by Krennic, and she makes her escape. She's out in her hidey hole, and yeah. this is where we get Go, an introduction. Try. Yeah. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. As a uh, fuck Saw Gerrera. Yeah. Which, if you know. If you're a fan of the Clone Wars show, this was such a nice little like not like I, like they're like yeah Saul Guerrero's in this movie and I remember going no one's gonna know who the fuck this is like this was just a you know he's a character from he's a very radical rebel in Clone Wars from you know a, a arc of episodes and I'm like oh wow Forrest Whitaker's gonna be I wonder what that's gonna be like and well, it was like some that was weird it, it's not bad don't get me wrong yeah. I, I love it. But it was just so, he like, yeah, because she hides in the hidey hole. Yeah. And it's, time seems to lapse because the the scary troopers, I think they're like, I think they're legit called like death troopers or something yeah. like that. They um are wandering and looking for her and you do get her perspective. She's looking through the slit yeah. and they can't find her and so they leave. And yeah. that's after, of course, they take 
uh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen and they take yeah. uh, they kill his wife because um, she does shoot Krennic. She shoots at him, yeah, but, but like, like it's in a the little, shoulder, yeah, yeah, she misses, and then they take her out. Um, I love the way they set it up, like. Like how you're like, oh, you don't know what they're working on, but you kind of do. Yeah. It's like, because they do, the little patch is so clearly like the little Death Star yeah. beam. And then I love, like, Krennic as a villain, the way they, the way this whole movie, with the, he's dressed in just pure white and he's got this flowing cape. Yeah. But then like surround, like it's juxtaposed with these like dark as night stormtroopers that you've never seen before, but they look Horror, horrifying. Like <laughs> it's not like in the other movies where you see the stormtroopers and almost yeah. becomes a joke, and you're like, oh, haha! Look at the cannon fodder running around. These guys have like a menacing-looking helmet. They're slightly taller, and you can't understand what they're saying. But Krennic and everyone, all and the rest of them know what they're talking yeah. about. It's like this guy is important, and obviously he's at the Empire, so he's evil. Yeah, and he's just he's 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 chewing on scenery. It's fucking amazing. I love it. I want more <laughs> characters like Krennic in these movies, but. Yeah, uh, you know, come child, come and flash forward. Jin is now in prison and or on a prison transport and gets rescued by by a rebel yeah. um, who's known as K two S O and uh, Diego Luna's character, yes. uh, Cassian. Cassian, yes, yeah. And then we also have a um, a pilot of the Empire that yes. has defected who has a message for Sagrera. And so he has to somehow get it to him because this message is from Galen. Right. Academy Award Mikkelsen. nominee or winner, Riz Ahmed. Right? Did he win? For, uh, shit, what's that movie? Sound of Metal? Oh, uh, I, I don't, don't think he, he won, won but he was, he was nominated. nominated. For sure yeah. nominated. Um, yeah, he's he he's this like neurotic looking pilot who's like I have to get to Saul Guerrero. Yeah. I have to get to Saul Guerrero. Yeah. So this movie that's another that's something. What did you think about this in this movie? So I know in Solo, for example, and in really a lot of these, you kind of only have the good guy plot and the bad guy plot. Yeah. You know, in Episode three, two, and three, you kind of have the parallel. Uh, you know, like Obi Wan's plot and Anakin Padme's plot going. And kind of the villain plot, but that's sort of more in the Obi-Wan one. You know, there's really only ever more than, no more than like two, an A plot and a B plot going in these films, whether it's two good plots or a good and a bad. This movie, though, you have, for a good chunk of it, you have, well, in the beginning, you have uh, Cassian's plot, where he's like in the alleyway getting the intel. The K2SO Jin plot, where she's getting taken out of prison. The Riz Ahmed plot, where he's going to see Saw Gerrera, and then you have the Imperial plot. Like, for a moment, all these things are just going. What did you think of how they, like, eventually bring them together? Like, obviously, we're not jumping to the end, but I mean, like, what did you think of, like, how this movie handled having so many plots going on at once, even if it's only for a little while, compared to something like uh, Solo, where I there's only really one plot. Like, it's just watch Solo do the thing. Yeah. I think it was really cool because... They're all connected. Like, so Cassian on wherever he's at. Yeah, they don't um, think they ever say. Yeah, but he's basically trying to get intel mm-hmm. um, for the rebellion and um, ends up having to kill a guy, which, again, like you said, having a distinct, like, bad guy versus good guy, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, Cassian seems like a bad guy because he literally just killed someone, like, Kind yeah. of in cold blood. And that he's scene not... makes me kind of interested for the show they're doing with him. Yeah. The Andor pl- show, because I'm like, the end of this movie, he's a different character, but the beginning of this movie, he 
he's yeah. willing to just quietly kill people for stuff that he needs to. I'm like, yeah. this is interesting. And that doesn't, because he gets his orders from, you know, the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the first part, until Jin comes, like, there's not much separation between the rebellion and between the empire, honestly, because they're, you know, they're doing just as many bad things, I, right. you could say, as the empire. Like, they're going to do whatever they need to do. Like, they were, I mean, we're going to get to this, but, um, they're like, going to kill, what's his name? Yeah, they're willing to kill uh, Galen. Yeah. So that way, like, you know, they the Empire can't use him. Not just like, kill him, but lie about it. Yeah. Like, they're going to lie to Jin to get her to cooperate, yeah. saying they're going to rescue him. Yeah, and they're just using her. Right. Um, But I think, you know, having that along with the, um, you know, pilot's, like, storyline and who is already working, who was working for the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I mean, technically you could say as a bad guy, but he was also, you know. He's defected. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like they they always insinuate like it's you're being forced to do it. You never get like a choice, especially True. if you're like a stormtrooper or anything like that. Like you're kind of born into it. Mm-hmm. So which you could say the same thing for the Jedi. You don't really get a choice. Like you become yeah. a Jedi and that's that. The Jedi um, find you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're screwed. You're yeah. But I think having, I guess, these three storylines like coming together. And then also, I love like Jin's character because she's kind of like this no name person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really recognize her from like anything. She's never been in anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, well, the actress has, but she, yeah. she the character, has not yeah. been in anything. But in this before. thing, she's kind of like no name, like person, like right. not really like anybody remarkable. But yet she's able to kind of leverage everyone to, you know, think more than just like, okay, what's best for like the rebellion or whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, no, we need to like, you know, actually like fight back and but do it in a way where it's like we're not just like needlessly taking lives because then what like what separates us from the empire? Like, are we really like the good guys? Like if we're going to. You know, do stuff like that. So, right. hands are we the baddies? I mean, there's a degree of like, you know, that you get the hope speech at the end, but I yeah. think you make a really great point about Jin being kind of a nobody. Yeah. I mean, I guess she's not totally a nobody because you get that poetry at rhymes yeah. with, with her being the child of this important person, yeah. a la Luke and Anakin. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. But like, she's not in and of herself really special in any yeah. way. She just is the child of Galen Erso and like that is important yeah. for the for the plan that the rebellion has. But beyond that, it's not like she's a Jedi. It's not like she's a whiz pilot. It's not like she's she's really just a person. Yeah. And like, yeah, she's raised and like saw Guerrera's kind of rebellion and yeah. all that shit. But I mean she's not any more a person uh, uh, just another person than than Cassian or or even like K2SO or, or anybody or, or yeah. Bodhi, Bodhi Rizama's character, Bodhi, any of them. They're all the same. Um, I think the only like marginally special characters is like Donnie Yun's character and um, Jiang Wen's characters. Because like they're both like we meet them in a minute. Well, we're about to get to it. But it's like they, we meet them on Jetta and they're like the guardians of the wills. They're like it's almost like they're wannabe Jedi is what it kind of like comes off yeah. as. <laughs> It's like they're the they're the folks like nah, you don't have enough midi chlorians to to sit with us, but you could sit and guard the door. Like, um, <laughs> and like they kind of have this this whole connection to the force and and they're they do badassery things, but I mean they're no more part of this like 
ragtag group of heroes than anybody else. Like they have the what they contribute. There's yeah. no like one person. Yeah. But she's able to, I think, rally them together. Like she is the glue right. that holds the, everyone yeah. together and kind of gets everybody like in on it. Because before they were kind of just like all over the place, not really there was no like leadership, no mm-hmm. anything, which is And I think that's what that's one of the things I was I'm now thinking about. I didn't, I didn't think about this question before I asked you, mm-hmm. but now I'm looking at it from this perspective. Having those four or five different plot lines, and then as the movie continues, they all kind of merge, mm-hmm. at least, or at least go into two the bad guys, good guys, yeah. and then finally at the end, it's all one thing. I think that does a great job of of like narrative sort of sort of uh, construction along with what they're showing you, like the characters do all steadily come together, right? Like they go to Jeddah, which is what we're, I guess we're talking about now, yeah. you know, Jin and, and Cassian and K2SO go to Jeddah, which is this Jedi temple planet or whatever. And it turns out the empire is harvesting the Kyber crystal. They meet, um, Jian Wang's character and, and Donnie Yun's character who just kind of vagrants because there's no temple anymore. And all these crazy shit happens. They're looking for Saw Gerrera. They think Jin will get him in. And it she does. And like, but like all these things, it's like, okay, all these characters are coming together and our plot threads are steadily getting woven together to become one thread as the characters getting, you know, to the, to the bit to, to unite. And I think it's great because like, it's, it's like paralleling each other. Whereas like other movies, it's just like, I think it's one of the reasons why solo feels kind of dull. Like is it's all one thread. There isn't. There's not what is Lando doing. Yeah. There's not what is Woody Harrelson doing. There's not even what is fucking um, Vision doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we don't even have that. We just everybody's on the ship. Everybody's doing the thing, and we're just going and doing it. And there's no, there's nothing to break that. It feels kind of monotonous, and it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere because we are just going wherever the Falcon's going, and until they get there, we're we're stuck. You know, we as the audience know nothing more than the characters. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but we just kind of are watching a ride at that point. And it mm-hmm. feels like a theme park ride as yeah. opposed to something where we do get to see like Krennic go talk to Vader. And it's like, oh boy, okay, whoa. And then meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, the rebels are doing this other thing. And I think it also, though, shows the the whole rebellion coming together, right? Because you pointed it out. It's like they're, they, especially later when they all meet up, they're just like not... Yeah. They're like not united on anything. They're like, we formed this alliance to like hang out and talk about fighting the Empire. And it's just like, oh, this is, oh, we actually have to do something? Like, this could be dangerous? No, 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 no. Yeah. We're not doing that. And it's like, well, shit. Like, what's the point of you, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, so we go to Jeddah and they get all the gang together um, at Saw's place. And Saw, you know, uh, is paranoid as fuck, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, he's mind had a freaky tentacle monster mind meld with Riz Ahmed and and I don't know, it just seems kinda weird. But you know, while all that's going on, I do want to talk about the villains of this movie a little bit because this is the first film where we get the CG faceifying thing. <laughs> um Deep fake. Yeah, that like deep fake thing. And spoilers, it did not age well. I'm sorry. Like it looked pretty fine. And they do they do a good job trying to hide it like in the shadows and stuff. But, uh, you know, watching it in 2022, it definitely hasn't aged as well as it could have. But Amber, what do you think of, um, you know, our little villain sequence? So what ends up happening is the the Death Star is all but complete. 
Um, and so all the Imperials are fucking off a Jedi. Nobody quite knows what is going on mm-hmm. yet. Um, Galen Erso's message to Saw, which which uh, Jin eventually sees, is like they're building this thing called the Death Star, mm-hmm. and I have put. You know, we're kind of doing a great way of explaining why that exhaust port was so fucking critical uh, in four because it kind of almost comes off comedic and they're like it turns out Galen was like I put a really like it's really tiny but like I put a weakness in this whole thing all you got to do is drop a bomb in there and co-blam this whole fucking thing's gone um I've worked really hard to hide it you guys got to do that's you can do this you can do this it's the only way you can stop it um and of course in the middle of this the Death Star shows up and they're like Let's test this fucker. Yeah. Blow up Jetta. And they just, or not Jetta, but the city. The yeah. Jetta City, I think is what's called creative writing there. Um, like, <laughs> um, and they shoot it and it, it's, it's this, be- I love the Death Star in this movie. I mean, it is menacing. It's so fucking menacing in this. Unlike, I, I feel like it's not as menacing in four. Cause in this, it's like, especially if you've seen the others, you know what it does. Yeah. And just like, no one has seen it work yet and they just show it shoot a city not even blow up a planet they're just like shoot the city and it sends pieces of that city into the fucking atmosphere I mean you can see this explosion from space it's glorious and then I think you can see it reaching upwards too like out of like into the atmosphere like all the dust is just like going out of the off the planet like they fucking and of course while you're on the planet it's like a tidal wave of dirt and everything coming at them and of course our good guys escape Saw dies but you know whatever he he wasn't. He's clearly not doing too hot. They're doing a whole Vader yeah. thing, where he's clearly like patching himself together. He's more machine yeah. than man, and all that. Um, I personally feel like they kind of waste Forrest Whitaker in that regard because he only gets a couple scenes in this movie yeah. and he's gone. But whatever. What did you think of the villains, though? I mean, we do get this great. I love the exchange between like Krennic and Tarkin and <laughs> cartoon Tarkin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's it's it does take you out nowadays, I think. But I think what it's you think? so cute because they're just like bickering with each other. Oh yeah. Um basically about who's better. Um because I guess this Death Star, the construction of it at least, is under the like supervision of Krennic. Yeah. And so like Tarkin is like, Yeah, this better work or like and they always say or like you'll have to deal with so-and-so, right. which later we find out is Darth Vader. Right. Like, he's in charge of all this. So he's like, you'll have to answer to him, like, mm-hmm. if this doesn't work. And he's like, oh, of course it'll work, and, like, you know, whatnot. Yeah, and then yeah. you'll be, like, nothing. Or, right. It's just so funny, because it's just, like, two people, like, you know, I going think back and forth. I think it's great. Like, I think it's great, because you point that out. It's like, you... So earlier I said, like, I love the way they do Krennic, the cape, the death troopers, yeah. the whole deal. And it makes him so imposing, but then this one scene shows like how he just thinks he's hot shit. How yeah. all of it is almost a cover because Tarkin is above him and Tarkin looks at him like he's fucking nothing. Yeah. Like he's just like, do the thing. And they shoot it. They blow it up. He goes, this is great. I will be telling the emperor that my idea was a really yeah. good one. And, the, and like he just starts throwing a tantrum like yeah. Krennic freaks the fuck out like a child. And Tarkin's like, hmm, yes, well, sucks to suck. Um, and like, you know, walks it off. I love that because it makes our it makes the villain like the way it's done is it doesn't undermine the villain in our story so much I think it does undermine him he's not as big a bad guy you know it also answers the question of wait a minute where is he in for not yeah. just because he's dead at the end but because like Tarkin is clearly yeah. angling to take over um 
But it also shows that he's, like, desperate. I think the way Mendelssohn plays it is great in that it shows that Krennic is desperate to make sure that he maintains control over his super yeah. cool toy. And he's willing to do anything to make that happen. Whereas in other films where they, like, okay, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, like, episode eight and especially episode nine when they, like, kind of take Hux, take General Hux and turn him into, like, a fucking punching bag for yeah. everybody. Like, that's how you undermine a villain and make the make mm-hmm. the audience kind of hate them. In this, you have the bigger villain shit on the littler villain, and now the littler villain is just really pissed off. Yeah. And, but he's got death troopers, and he's going to do something about yeah. it. As opposed to just like, oh, darn it, everyone being mean to me. Um. Exactly. <laughs> like, he actually has a little bit of power, but like, yeah, because it takes a lot to create something like that, that like oh, just yeah. basically destroys planets. I mean, it's pretty wild. Like, it's definitely an achievement. And I think like, even the Tarkin tune... Um, <laughs> does a good job emoting kind of a, a sort of like impressive, yeah. you know, like most impressive type thing. Because it's it's very like, you see like when it blows up Jetta City, it's just like, oh shit, okay. Like, oh, did it. And yeah, I'm like, good job, Disney, with like the face thing. Um, I feel like the real, like they're focusing now more on the realism. Like, what did you think, especially now rewatching it, of the cartoonifying rebuild Tarkin thing. Yeah, like you said, it doesn't it didn't age well. Like it doesn't look good mm. as it did probably back then in a dark room watching on a big screen. Um I think but they're starting to do that a lot now, right? So like yeah, with, doing in more. the Book of Boba Fett, yeah. spoilers. Um well and the Mandalorian. They did the Mandalorian. Yeah, and too. the Mandalorian, but they have Luke Skywalker in there. Yeah. And you know, like mm-hmm. he's pretty old. The guy who plays Luke Skywalker is pretty old right now. So like and Mark Hamill looks like he did in seven and eight and nine, not <laughs> like he did in six. Yeah. <laughs> so they definitely had to have someone kind of stand in mm-hmm. and just CGI'd his face on top, which you could also totally tell. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if it's just better just to get somebody else that looks similar to like how they looked back then because the guy who plays like who played Tarkin originally like he's dead oh yeah and or they're both dead he's dead John because for Tarkin there were technically I guess like three people that played him two of them for Rogue One for the physical appearance and then also for the voice and then the other one that we saw um in the previous films um but I think I always wonder like why they can't just find someone that, you know, looks like Luke Skywalker um, or Mark Hamill, I guess, in this case, from yeah. like back then or who looks like Tarkin, but like from back then. Well, that's a big Sebastian Stan push, right? Everybody's like, why can't Sebastian Stan play young Mark Hamill? Because they look so damn they similar. Do. And I know people will get like upset. But again, like these would actors they? don't live forever. <laughs> what do I mean? Like, like would they get upset? I mean, I guess so. It's not yeah. Mark Hamill who is what sixty? Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Like he's not he's not in his twenties or thirties anymore. Like I'm sure even he would be like, yeah, I'm not playing fucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like, I mean, they got someone else kid, to play Han Solo because Harrison Ford. <laughs> it's not like they can they can use all the makeup and CGI that they want, Harrison but Ford's he's never gonna guy. look like yeah. what he looked like back then. I think that's you know what now that you say it. I think that's what Disney's afraid of. I think they're afraid of another solo situation. Like, we recasted Han, and everybody got all pissy about it. And they think it's because 
oh, he's not Harrison Ford. And I mean, that might have been what people said, but I don't think that's what people meant. No. Because no one's going to be like, oh, darn, why isn't Harrison Ford playing a 20-year-old version of himself (laughs) in a movie? Like, you know, it's like saying, hey, let's make a prequel to Indiana Jones, and we're all just going to ignore the fact that Harrison Ford is a 60, 70-year-old man. Like, come on. No one, no, if anyone is arguing that, they're insane. But I think this isn't this isn't a long term solution. I think recasting's the way to go. I think that Solo wasn't great casting. I don't think it was a good like a good fit. But you know, Sebastian Stan can, can act. Yeah, it just wasn't a good fit. And <laughs> yeah. that's why you have to like even if it's like a no name person, which is what I liked about this movie, because mm-hmm. you have a lot of people you have some people that are well known. Um, but then other people, like, they haven't really been in a whole lot. At least at the and then, time. Yeah, yeah, at least at that time. But then going forward, it's like they're going to be in more stuff. Like, and some of them have already been in other movies and whatnot um, yeah. after this movie came out. But I don't I don't believe it's, like, that hard. It's just they don't want to put a lot of effort into it. So they'd rather put money towards CGI and, like, faking, which is weird to me. But. Well, that's such a dangerous precedent, too. I mean, there's the whole, for those of you, I don't don't remember if we talked about this in our episode about back to the future from way long ago but like that was a big problem back to the future too what not like the sequel not as well Mm -hmm. um was christian glover christian glover wasn't in the second one yeah right but his character is yeah and he was like you need to pay me for that because that's my character they actually like used a mold of his face and put it on the other guy oh god and all this other stuff he's not in two or three or any Mm -hmm. of that that's that's why he's not like you know, in the third movie yeah. where, Mar- where Michael J. Fox plays this, the uh, his alternate self, yeah. you know, the other ancestor. That's why it's not Crispin Glover is because he didn't he wasn't there anymore. Yeah. So like he like sued the studio. And I guess this is like a really this was a really big case in that kind of field of work because, you know, Zemeckis in the studio was like, no, we own uh, uh, George, George McFly. McFly. You're not George McFly. Yeah. You're Crispin Glover. Like, we own the character. And it became this, nah, it's his portrayal. That's why you see Tarkin, uh, uh, um, Peter Cushing's name at the end of this movie, even though he's been dead for years, because they used his voice and his likeness to recreate um, um, Tarkin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if this works really well, why would you have actors act instead of stand in front of a 3D scanner and we'll just put him in a movie? You know, put them over somebody we can pay oh, ten thousand. But then you 000. get like Uncanny Valley. Well, stuff that's the where other, it's yeah. like it looks like a person, but it's not. Like, well, and I think that's the issue here, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, at the time this looked really, really good, but now I'm like, oh yeah, he's a fucking. Hey. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't look great. You're trying. They hide him in shadow, but it's like. Yeah, but I feel like, like you said that, like. You know how we talk about like actors rights and things like Mm -hmm. that and especially now because of like the pandemic like a lot of that has kind of come to light with the way they're being treated on set and everything. I think that takes away from those rights of being like no I like took the time to like portray that character and now you're just using because I could see Disney being like that like oh well you don't own the rights to like um you know Iron Man or anything yeah. like that but we can continue to use Iron Man if we like right um you know even if we don't if even if the actor really like isn't working for us mm-hmm. anymore which i i feel like goes into like really some really dangerous waters yeah, that's what i'm saying is this goes to a dark place if, yeah if you, 
see it out to the potential mm-hmm. end. Or Black Widow. Oh, yeah. Like, because they had that issue with her, mm-hmm. you know, where, like, they weren't paying her for, like, the Disney Plus shit right, when right. that came out. So it's kind of just like, well, we're not going to use you anymore, but we'll still use your character and, like, or like likeness of yeah, it. Yeah, or even things like, like, you bring up Iron Man. I mean, you can do the same thing with Spider-Man. It's like, those suits are CG. Yeah. As long as I don't open the helmet and show Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Yeah. Iron Man isn't Robert Downey Jr.'s likeness. Mm-hmm. Iron Man is a robotic suit that we just CGI'd. Yeah. I, f- I could see them being like, oh, no, it's Iron like Man's in this movie, but yeah. Tony Stark's not in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and no credit for... No credit yeah. for RDJ. It's just Iron Man played by, you yeah. know, whoever the hell. some Like a stunt guy that they don't want to pay that much. But Ugh, That's awful. Yeah, no, it's sketchy. <laughs> um, I've got a bad feeling about it. Hey. Quiet. What? But yeah, so so they leave Jetta and they're like, we're gonna go, we're gonna go kill slash save it pops, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty cool because mm-hmm. now they have Bodhi and they're yeah. like, we'll go get Galen from the thing. And I love how like Krennic, like this movie could easily be from Krennic's perspective, yeah, and it would still be pretty cool because Krennic is now on this like hunt to secure his power over the Death Star, yeah, and he's like. Someone sent this transmission because that's what Tarkin calls him yeah. out on. It's like, well, you got people sending out fucking data to the rebels. Like, mm, mm-hmm. fucking, you're not keeping a very tight ship. So he's pissed off. Yeah. Goes to the facility where they, I guess, plan the Death Star. Yeah. Yeah. And and he goes and yells at uh, all the scientists. Mm, including their leader, Galen Erso. Yeah. Um, ultimately, he kills all the scientists but Galen Erso as like a I'm pissed off yeah. thing. Because Galen tries to stop him and mm-hmm. then... But yeah, you know, we're on this planet. What do you think of this whole this whole bit here? Because this this is I think both cool and also kind of like meh. Because yeah. like we have the gang together on this ship. Yeah. On, on which I love their ship, the B-wing. Yeah. That's or not it's not the B-wing. I'm sorry. The the U-wing fighter mm-hmm. or whatever crew transport whatever you call it. It's cool. Like, I love the wings yeah. coming out. It is just so fucking cool. Oh my god, he's so goddamn cool. But yeah, like they 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 go they they go to the planet and they're doing their thing and you have like but you have this weird thing where like can Donnie Yun sense the force because he's blind yeah then he had that cool fighting scene against the stormtroopers with a stick on Jetta but he's like what did he look did he look yeah. like a killer and like his buddy's like does he look like a bitch no or something yeah I don't know. It, it's like this whole thing and I'm just like. What's going on? <laughs> He's not a Jedi. Yeah, like, um, exactly. It would have um, been cool if he was, but yeah. I mean, he might be, but he just like, I don't know what the requirements are for being a Jedi. Is it similar to the military? Like if you are blind or... No, that can't no, make sense. No, you have to have a certain amount of midichlorians. That's what it, that's what it was established well, in the prequels. apparently Donnie M is like 10 midichlorians yeah. or something. <laughs> He's like a couple short of, yeah. mm, sorry, bud, you're not going to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, then the rebels come and blow it all up. But what did you think of the of this whole sequence on the dark, rainy? Yeah, I definitely you know. liked the um, Krennic like versus Galen mm-hmm. um, dialogue. I guess he slaps him. I just remembered he slapped. I, know, I love that. Right. He just like he <sighs> kills all of his men and then just slaps yeah, him. It was like a total power move. But I think their performances, especially with Galen, who's like. You know, stop! Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I did it or whatever. Yeah, and you know, just showing like, you know, 
he like this man is like his slave basically mm-hmm. and like he's just like you know being imprisoned like in at this facility um and Krennic's just like knowing how important I guess Galen is but also that he's just like you can actually like just one man like mm-hmm. you know this is like a one man show like we can just keep bringing people to like help you construct it I guess but you yeah. are the mind well of, I think like, it also shows star. it also shows like how cruel Krennic can be yeah because I think he knows he knows that that uh Urso uh, uh, doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I think he knows that. Like he's here because you basically kidnapped him and brought him here to work. Yeah, and I think it shows that I will kill every. I'll kill all these people that you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. That these people that you feel like you have to protect because that's what he clearly yeah. shows. And I'll keep you alive. I'll keep slapping you like a little piece of shit, and I'll kill everybody that you care about. But you will never die, even though you're ready to do it. Yeah. You're gonna keep fucking working on this thing. Now build us six more. Yeah, get out of here. And, and I think it's great. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, in the beginning, or, like, somewhere during this whole movie, like, Jin has, like, a flashback. And she sees her dad oh, and yeah. her mom. Oh, yeah. They're on like, Coruscant Yeah, and they're all, yeah. like, smiling and, like, you know, good friends. And it was, like, I think it was important to, like, show that because just showing that, okay, her dad... Like, a lot of people in the Rebellion, they view her dad as, like, a monster, you right. know? Whereas in reality, we can also see that, oh, no, this man is being, like, imprisoned. But then also knowing that, yeah, he was originally, like, so I working in, with the Empire. I looked into this. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I looked into this. You're, remi- you're triggering all these memories. <laughs> There's, I guess, like, a, a Tarkin book out okay. there. Um, and I looked into kind of what the whole bit behind, like, why would Ben, Men- or why would Mads Mikkelsen's character help the Empire? Yeah. Clearly, he doesn't want to do it. Apparently... Uh, the bit is that him and Krennic were like buddies in school or something oh, like that. Okay. And um, Galen it was like a genius, like a prodigy mm. at utilizing kyber crystals mm-hmm. from the, the lightsabers yeah. as an energy source to like oh. power things. But the problem was that was during the Republic. So okay. the Jedi had complete control over the kyber crystals. Gotcha. And so his research was pretty limited. But it was like the dude was a whiz when it came to like energy production. And so things start moving with the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how the fuck are we going to power this thing? There's yeah. like, we have no clue how to power this thing. So Krennic enters the picture. This is all from like Tarkin's perspective. Yeah. Um, and like Krennic comes in and is like, I know a guy. And so Krennic is like, even then angling to gain control Ooh. over the Death Star and all this other shit. So he brings his buddy Galen in and tells him where the Empire's developing uh, an energy source, like a new energy plant type mm-hmm. of technology. And now there's no more Jedi. Like, you can work with all the Kyber Crystal you want. Yeah. We have lo- all of it. Like, we have it all now. And so Galen's like, oh, wow, that's actually like a really good cause. Like, bringing power to the Outer Rims, oh. and all, you know, like getting them better, better infrastructure. And so they bring him on board. And it's only later, you know, after this flashback and shit, I think, when he realizes, oh, fuck, we're building a weapon. Yeah. You know, we're building a giant gun in space like below a planet. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And he leaves. And then later, of course, we see in this movie, Krennic comes back and takes uh. him. So I think what Jin is seeing is, hooray, we got it to work. Like, the energy maker yeah. is awesome. It's like, yeah, by the way, we're going to put it in a ball and the ball will blow up other <laughs> balls. Like, <laughs> um, you know, and that that... Is where that shit falls yeah. apart. 
But yeah, that's the story behind that. I thought it was kind of cool because, yeah, like, why would he suddenly change his mind about building a giant gun? But the bit is, no one knew it was a gun. Yeah. And um, that's why I, like, kind of assumed, like, yeah. oh, he had no idea. Right. Um, until, like, he started, I guess, putting pieces together and figuring out what it actually was. Yeah. But yeah, um, he dies, though, here. Which, uh, uh, Galen or so dies here in the scene. Yeah, thanks to the, um, well, the rebellions, like, or sorry, the rebels, they, so, Caspian is, um, told to kill Galen, like, on site. Right, but the um, force tells him not to or something. Yeah, and then also the pilot comes along with him, so he can't, like, do it in front of him. Or someone comes with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bodhi goes with yeah, him. Yeah, Bodhi goes with him, and so he's kind of just, like, he doesn't get a good shot of it, um, good shot of Galen, mm-hmm. I guess, because of all the shit that's going down. Also, and then, Jin is going Yeah, there. Jin is also yeah. there, too, so he's like, ah, I can't do anything. But... The rebels come anyways, and they start shooting at everybody. Yeah, they bomb And, it. yeah, Galen basically dies, like, almost, like, on impact. So he goes flying. But, mm. um, yeah, not before he, you know, exchanges, like, words with his daughter. Yeah, and, of course. You yeah. gotta have the loving I love yous. Exactly. So proud of you, Stardust. Um, and so they escape. They go back to the rebel base. And, and they stole cool. an Imperial ship, too, because the B-Wing up. Oh, or that's the right. Up yeah. Up. yeah. Yeah. Or they um, crashed it. I'm sorry. They crashed it. And they need to get yeah. the ship. Yeah. Yeah. They go back to the rebel base. Yeah. And this is where she's trying to get, like, she's like, basically, I was, like, right. And mm-hmm. we need to, like, you know, go and fight. Yeah, um, but everyone's like, whoa, like I said earlier, dangerous. Yeah. Like, we're not, we didn't sign we up for dangerous. We need to go and, like, get the information. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we we can't do that. You know, sorry. And she's like, well, if you won't fucking do it, then I will. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if it's by myself, but I will go and do it. Yeah, And she's like, all right, boys, (laughs) saddle up, lock and load. Let's get going. And of course, like half the rebellion's like, let's do this. Yeah. Saddle up. Lock and load. I also like the... um, because now we're at the end part here. Mm-hmm. I love, and like we can obviously talk about this as much as we want. Um, but I love this bit when they're on uh, Scarif. Oh, yeah. The beach planet where they keep all the, the Death Star plants and shit. Oh, man, this felt like such a fucking war movie, and it did it so well. Like yeah. it gave a level of grit and realism to Star Wars battles that I don't think the other movies, besides, I would argue. You know, upcoming episode in episode five, the Hoth fight, yeah. I feel like is the only one that really comes close to this. Mm-hmm. That and the scene in Gen- on Geonosis in the second one when they're yeah. in the, the dust shooting at each other. Yeah. Those two bits are really the only thing that comes close to this sequence. And this one's huge. But, you know, Krennic is there on Scarif uh, after he talks to Vader, which I can't believe we forgot about that. Yeah. I love that. He goes to Mustafar, talks to Vader. Um, Invader, the whole don't choke on your aspirations, (laughs) you know, whatever director. Like, I love it because he's just, he's such like a little petulant child about it, like we talked about. Because he's like, you will tell the emperor, won't you? And he's just like, little fucker, come over here and say that to my face. Like, um, I I love that. It's just, you know, he's, he is super humbled by Vader and then he takes that one little step too far yeah. and then gets like smacked back down and I feel like that's his character in this story but mm-hmm. anyway Ron Sk- he goes to Scarif to see about securing the plans because obviously fucking Galen was doing shit yeah 
and everybody goes to uh to Scarif to to infiltrate the um tower and and get the plans and fuck yeah. off. And also to remove, because there's like a big force field around the planet. Right. And so they can't transmit any information like back and forth. Right. And so you have the rebels fighting, you know, in space mm-hmm. um, against the Empire, but also waiting to receive that information. And this is where Jin and her Rogue One crew, yep. they come in and they have to basically transmit that data. Right. I loved how it didn't start that way, though. Like it started with, we'll get the plans, we'll get back on the ship, yeah. we'll leave. And it's like... I love how this movie steadily goes, oh, no, we won't. Yeah. And like they it was really sad because they all kind of die like one by one. Mm-hmm. And so you first have I think Bodie is like the first one to go. Yeah. Bodie um, gets blown up with the ship. Yeah. And that's the first like, oh, fuck, we're not getting off. Yeah. Of this. yeah. And then you have um, this was like one of my favorite parts with Donnie Yen. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I am one with the force. The force is with me. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then just like him, you know, he gets hit because mm-hmm. uh, it's just chaotic. Like you said, yeah. like it's definitely like a battlefield. Like everybody's yeah. like, we're probably not going to make it out. But, you know, if there's mm-hmm. a chance that we can get this, like we're going to do it. Right. But his friend seeing Donnie Yen just like, you know, like dead. Mm-hmm. And he he's also starts saying the force is with me. And I'm like, that is so I, cute. <laughs> I love that a little bit. Like Jiang Wen is like the whole, his whole time in the movie is like he is... They went two ways, right? Yeah. It's like one, Donnie Yen's character is, oh, this horrible thing happened, the Empire being built and the Jedi being killed. Yeah. I am doubling down on my like religious fervor. Yeah. I am so into this. I can only believe in the Force and all this. He becomes like a zealot. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Jiang Wen is like, fuck the Force. Yeah. Fuck, it's all fucking lie. Yeah. It's not going to do anything. You know, he's basically like, there is no God. Like, no one cares if there is. Like, there's no point. And then like watching his best friend succeed like he, he yeah. succeeds he, he keeps saying his mantra and the, the blasts keep missing him and then he pulls the thing and then he gets blown up watching that like invigorates him yeah to do something similar where he just starts mowing these fucking yeah. like death troopers down and he does but then ultimately i think he sacrifices himself to take him out right at the end or something yeah and there's like a grenade and yeah. it explodes so yeah. it just insinuates that he gets killed yeah, no that yeah. that was that was great. I think I also love the scene. I don't know why it's always it always just catches my mind because eventually the rebels show up and the bit where the rebels show up is one of my favorites because they show up and they're trying to get in the shield yeah. and eventually they get in. Some of them have gotten in, but the shield was closed behind yeah. them. And our guy, our Rogue One team on the ground, is like fighting the troopers, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, which is cool. He's like sand, these like beach troopers and shit. Yeah. But there's these really menacing ATATs or yeah. at, at, pick whatever side of that argument you want to be on. I call them ATATs. That's what I'm used to. Um, these ATATs are coming around, and I love that one of them's like, "Fuck you!" Like shoots a rocket launcher at it, and it hits it in the head, and like the head of this giant machine like turns to the side, and then just turns its yeah. head back. Like you want to give it another go, <laughs> and then you know. The X-Wings come and blow it up, which is, like, great, because that, like, moment of, like, yeah. oh, shit, <laughs> like, it didn't do anything, <laughs> fuck, um, you know, that was great, I loved that, um, but yeah, this whole battle sequence is fantastic, but I love how it steadily goes, you know, it's this level of desperation, I think, where it's like, we can't not do this, mm-hmm. you know, they go in knowing all in, we yeah. might die, but every step of the way, it's like, Okay, the ship's blowing up. Bodhi's dead. We'll we'll get another ship. We'll get the fuck out of here. It's fine. Okay, cool. The rebels here. The rebels are here. Uh, we can transmit the shit. 
and then we can figure out how to get off anyway. It's like, ah, oh, crap. Like, the shields are up, so we got to get the shields down. It's like, they got to get the shields down. We got to tell them. So then, like, you know, we do this mm-hmm. whole thing. And then you're just watching everyone die. And, and I think really the big turning point here is when K2SO is protecting the door. Played fantastically by Alan Tudyk, by the way. <laughs> I, we haven't talked about him, but K2SO is, del- is fucking great in this yeah. movie. Like, the snarky droid that is, like, the antithesis of C-3PO. Like, he's just like a fuck you, I don't give a shit droid. Yeah. Um, but he defends them to the end and he's just like climb and smashes the controls and gets blown up and he's dead. You know, they get the, they figure out where the plans are because, uh, Galen named it after his nickname for his, for his daughter, uh, Stardust. Um, yeah. So they get the plans and you have those showdown on top where they, (laughs) I love with the, Krennic is like, who are you? Like, who the, you keep coming around here. I don't even know who the fuck you are. It gives you that, like, like the end game vibe. Yeah. It's like, you took everything from me. It's like, I don't even know who you are. It's like, <laughs> that same, it's like, it's like, hey, fuck you. It's like, who are you? Why do you keep ruining yeah. my plans? Um, and then she's like, you know, I'm so-and-so. I'm Jenna or so, Galen's daughter. And he's like, the fuck? Like, you know, this whole thing. Um, I love it, though, because it feels so fucking earned. Like, it feels like they earned beaming these plans off. Indeed. Then you get this final bit. Um, I mean, obviously, there's so much to talk about in this whole Scarif sequence, but a lot of it is action. You know, like, in, in our previous episodes, like, we could sit here and talk about action all we want, but you, you'd you be better off watching it. <laughs> um, but this final bit, oh, my God. I still get chills watching this whole sequence because yeah. they... I get a one set of chills from... Tarkin seizing the opportunity to kill Krennic and seize the Death Star. Yeah. Is they're like, we're in position now, sir. And he's like, you may fire when ready. Like, they're going to blow up the facility on Scarif. And I love the Death Star. Like, the music kind of dies down a little bit. And the Death Star comes and, like, turns its head almost. I love the way they thought about this shit in the seat and when they designed it. Because it's like, it almost it always the death star to me always looked like a face like a cyclops face yeah because there's that equatorial line that yeah. goes around the middle and like the shot is you know the death stars come out of hyperspace and it's like coming up over scarif and it's like turning like the the you know where it would shoot from is turning and i love that it just looks like this thing is like peeking its head over the horizon and like looking at the camera like hello um and then they shoot they shoot Scarif. And I have to admit, the first time I saw this movie in theaters, I was like, how are they going to get out of this? I was like, there's no way Disney's yeah. going to kill these people. There's, there's, How are they going to get fucking... And then it's just like, you may fire when ready. And it's just like, oh, they're not going to... There's no way to get out. <laughs> like, Because I'm like, they're not going to beam them up at the last minute. You know, That's not a thing in this you universe. Know. And you just watch that green bolt. First off, I laughed my ass off because you know Krennic is still at the top yeah. of the tower. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the blast is like blast the top of the tower off. It's like off. they knew, which was like... It was so yeah. good. They just like, zip, he's just fried. Yeah. And then it hits, you know, somewhere out in the water. Yeah. And you're just watching this like titanic explosion come barreling towards the only our only two living characters, Jin and um, Cassian. And they just sit there. And I love it because there's no... There's also no romance in this movie, which I think is, this is just not a movie to have romance in it. And I'm really happy they didn't. It's a war movie. It's a war movie. (laughs) And these two characters, they look at each other and they're just like, the look they give each other isn't so much a, I love you, I know. It's, 
you know, I'm glad I, I'm glad we did this. You know, mm-hmm. we did the right thing. I'm glad I'm not dying alone here. Yeah. And they just like look at each other and they just hug each other and they just hold each other as the whole screen just goes white. Yeah. And for a minute I was like, are we going to go cut to like right to the credits? Like, what are we doing now? Yeah. And then you get, uh, I think it's actually like Admiral Akbar's brother or cousin or some shit. Admiral Radis. Admiral, yeah. And he, even before that, when he I saw the Death Star coming, he was like, Rogue One, like, thank you. Yeah, he's or, like, may yeah. the force be with yep. you, Rogue One. And yeah. like, I love it. He's just and like, I love the puppetry too. Because oh. like, it was actual puppet, like I think, right? It was at least a dude in a suit, for yeah, sure. exactly. So his eyes are like blinking mm-hmm. and I'm just like, that's so cute. But yeah, this part, oh. it just keeps going. In this movie, so it's like, yeah. They're like, oh, okay, man. we're going to turn around and go, nope, like, oh. Big ass. <laughs> yes, because Tarkin says it in the Death Star. He's like, they're like, what about the, you know, rebel fleet? And he's like, Lord Vader will handle the rebel fleet. And it's like, what? And yeah. then, yes. Oh, this part. It, this this is just, chill. I'm getting chills now remembering this. I totally forgot this shit happened. You're right. Because they're like, all right, retreat. And like one of the frigates turns, a couple jump the hyperspace. Yeah. One starts to jump and the Star Destroyer just comes out of fucking hyperspace and it blows up on, yeah. the, on the hull. And I'm like, holy shit. And it just starts lighting these fuckers up. Yeah. And you get this like. The music is also, Ugh. we didn't really talk too much about it, but it's really good. Dude, my, I, like, think it's, I think it's Michael Giacchino. Yeah. Uh, same guy who did, oh, he's done a lot lately, but I mean, this yeah. dude. Recently did the Batman. Yes, he's, uh, this guy is, <laughs> is him Him and Hans Zimmer are, are right now, in my mind, like neck and neck for like this era's, you know, John Williams. Yeah. You know, I think this movie really proved that. If John Williams doesn't want to do Star Wars anymore, it's okay. Yeah. Like, they'll handle it. Because the music in this movie is great. Yeah. Like, um, Rogue One has its definitely its own mm-hmm, theme. Mm-hmm. But it just starts, like, playing. And then it's just over, like, it's Vader overlooking. Yeah. Like, the entire Rebel fleet just blowing them to fucking bits. Oh, my God. And then you have Admiral Raditz, who is, like, you know, he has... Um, like the the data and stuff like that and so they're all just like you know like the the um star destroyer is kind of descending upon them and this yeah, just kind of leads yeah. into well you get because you get yeah. it all in the tantive four and they're trying to to get out or something yeah. and then there's like that knocking at the door yeah you know and they're like we gotta get going we gotta get. this is where it yeah. really feels like a war movie and then like the music dies down and it goes away mm-hmm. and it's just like this dark, the lights are off it's dark hallway the door is open and you're like what the fuck and a familiar noise you just starts to play that Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. breathing like that and then oh I, I saw a video I, I wish I could remember the guy's name I was watching this video about the music in Rogue One and it's particularly this scene I love everything they did because like it was something that had to do with the way the chord that hits right here is only amplified by the extra note that the lightsaber makes. Mm. But this red lightsaber just ignites in the darkness and everything's red. And these rebels are like, <laughs> fuck! Like, no! They're like, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. They're like scrambling, get the door, the door won't open. They can't get out. And Vader is just ripping these people to shreds. He's like, lifts one in the air, cuts him. He's like, yeah. slash, chokes like two of them out. I mean, and just the implications of this scene. It's like these people are like the Jedi are dead. They've been dead for 20 years now. There are no more Jedi. They're all gone. And they all know that Darth Vader is like this big bad guy. But I don't think I get the impression that people don't really know what his deal is. And suddenly 
somebody turns on a fucking lightsaber and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then with his brain is killing your buddies <laughs> and you're just like, no. <laughs> like you shoot at him and he just holds his hand up and it does nothing. Yeah. Like this, and this is that reshoot. This scene was all reshot yeah. and added in, you know, after the fact. This scene is like that itch, that Vader itch, because you never get to see him do badass shit like that in the other movies, and it's just like, it it makes you, you know, go, okay, this is why, you know, at the beginning of 4, all those guys are guarding the fucking door, they're all like, alright, we're gonna go, we got, we're there, he's not getting past us this time, gang, like, holy shit. The fear in those people's faces... Yeah, especially when they're desperately trying to pass it off, like, yes. through the door. They're like, just take it, yeah, take just it. just take it and go. And, like, <laughs> the guy takes it, starts to run in, and then the lightsaber goes through the door <laughs> in the man, and then yeah. the door opens. And it's just, if you guys have ever played uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, it's the same vibe of, like, Vader just steadily walking behind yeah. you like a fucking monster and ripping everything to shreds in his path. Like, these guys are, like, scrambling to get the plans off, and they're like, go! And they pull the thing, and the Tantive Four falls out of the uh, the Death Star, I guess, and it flies off. And um, you just have that shot of Vader, like, standing in sort of space, like, watching the ship fly away, cape billowing around, like, oh, God, it's so fucking cool. And then, of course, the final bit of this movie... Um, which we've already kind of talked about the CGing and stuff. I think it's a little worse here, but that's mostly because yeah. of the lighting. Uh, you get Princess Leia, a, a youngified Carrie Fisher, who was not dead at the time of this film. Um, they give the plans to her, and she's like, there's something like, what did they give us? And she's like, hope, and they, you know, fly away. And thus, like, I love how this movie fades right into four. But yeah. Yeah, I think the CGing there isn't, great no um, definitely it's a little not. weird it's yeah. weird because it's honestly just weird because of her but again, she has a freaking daughter and i know they don't look like entirely the same but i'm also kind of just like well i think the daughter her daughter's the one she her daughter's definitely the one who did it in nine not to get too far ahead of herself oh okay gotcha. they just put her face over her oh gotcha um i think the issue here though is more that hood she's wearing yeah um, it almost, I think, would have been better if they just took whoever did their hair, like carry the, the buns, mm-hmm. and then put her face there. Because I think when we watched it this recent time, the hood almost looks like it goes into her forehead oh. the way the CG's done. And I think the face is just a little too high. Mm-hmm. And so it looked kind of funky to me. Yeah. And I think that's what really pulls me out of it. But I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, this is really good. And I mean, I guess even Carrie Fisher herself was quoted as being like, I don't remember shooting this in 77, but I mean, I guess we did. And they were like, no, this is a CG. And she was like, the fuck? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, RIP, by the way. Um, But yes, so Amber, we got to the end of the movie. What did you think of the, the, the final bit of this movie? And what did you, what do you think about the fact, and this will be a great little segue, just like the movie. Um, what do you think about the fact that this goes right up into A New Hope? I mean, this this ends where A New Hope starts. I think it's great. I think that's why it's such a better movie than, like, Solo, because mm-hmm. it connects, you know, two different movies together. And it just goes from one, like, mm-hmm. to the other, um, which is, like, really cool, because then you can just, like, you know, go right into the next movie yeah. and just start it from there. As for the... Um, the Vader stuff, I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I thought that was, again, one of the best parts about the movie was just 
seeing the horror like <laughs> like <laughs> on these people's faces which like knowing that they're gonna die but also like how they're going it's to die. like yeah <laughs> when like any other movie when it's like there's an alien and it's yeah. just like slaughtering everybody and you're like holy shit mm-hmm like there's nothing I can really do. Yeah. Like I, it's like when you're playing a game, and you are at the very bottom level, and you're not powerful enough to do anything, and you just like you just take it. You're right. like, yep, I know I'm gonna die. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're dead here. And yeah. I think that's, <laughs> I think that this movie segueing into, or not segueing, but blending straight into four. I think to your point, is is what makes it better in solo because solo. Solo, like we said at the beginning of this episode, felt like fan service in a lot of ways. It didn't feel like it amplified anything about yeah. Han Solo. I mean, like, it could have. I mean, the whole lost love with Kira could have been. I think it tried to with Darth Maul at the end. Yeah. They tried to do exactly, you know, what they did with um with, with Darth Vader yeah. in this one. And but I think they got the wrong that thing. That one didn't really you know? go anywhere because, again, yeah. you, like, yeah, I guess we know that, like, Anakin eventually dies. But I think we care more about that than, like, what happens to Darth Maul. Like... I think it's also, like... I, I think it's... I think especially with Darth Maul and the other one, it's kind of a, oh, whoopsie. Like, we tried to set up a sequel and it didn't happen. And whoops, I yeah, guess we're exactly. not doing it. But I also think, like, it's taking the wrong piece of what was good about the ending of Rogue One. It's like, yeah, sure. Vader was sh- shameless fan service. I'm not going to pretend, like, Rogue One doesn't have its fan service. There's plenty of it in this film. But, like... The thing in my mind that Rogue One does in its entirety, and especially right at the end with Scarif up until uh, Princess Leia at the very end of the film, is it raises the stakes a little bit higher for four. Because once you start New Hope after this movie, you are like fresh on, oh shit, like this is what they went through. This isn't just like... The Tanev got on to the Star Destroyer or something, and some people stole the plane and like run, ran off, and they're, they're hanging out with Princess Leia. It's like, no, a literal, like, what they make out to be, like, the biggest battle of the Rebellion so far happened. All, all the people that planned it died, and, like, a lot of other people died, and then this fucking monster was wiping people out on their ship, and everyone's now, like, still reeling from that. Yeah. And we get on the Tantiv, and we get... We're fucking on. We're running. Like, we're really trying to run. And this big monstrous ship is chasing us. Yeah. And it's not going to stop. Like, the stakes are just... They feel more real um, in this case. And I think with Solo, the issue was like, Oh, yeah, everyone just wanted to see Darth Vader do some cool stuff. So let's put Darth Maul at the end because he'll be doing some cool <laughs> stuff. And it's like... I mean, okay, whatever. But that wasn't the reason. Like, the reason I liked it was because I saw Darth Vader doing cool stuff. And it added to, like, his menace in 4, you know? I think 4 also does a great job pivoting to C-3PO and R2-D2's perspectives. Of course, we'll talk about that in our next episode, but with all of that being said, Amber, the time has come. What are you rating this movie? And would you suggest people watch it? So I give this movie a 9 out of 10. Damn, dog. It's it's really good. It's like one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And would I suggest people watch it? Absolutely. Especially if you've watched all of the, like, I guess, newer trilogies and, like, the older one. Then, like, I mean, it connects the two. So you'll know exactly, like, where you're at, like, Mm -hmm. what's going on and stuff like that. So you're not kind of, like, you know, like, in the dark. 
on things because I felt like with Solo, you didn't really know where it was going. Like they're introducing yeah. all these characters that you don't they they don't do anything with. Um, it felt very isolated, which isn't yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but when you're doing it with characters that are already established, I feel like you, you got to make it do something. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, those solid. Um, I definitely say watch this movie. I mean, if you were really trying to like streamline your watch of Star Wars, like I'd say you could skip Solo. But like this, to me, I'm sure I'm not alone, and I'm sure there are plenty who also think the opposite of me here. I think, like I said, this movie, this movie elevates A New Hope in such a wild way. Like. It's 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 weird to see a movie come out damn near forty years later and go like, hey, we're gonna prequel this movie and it's gonna we're gonna retroactively make four better, which is wild. Um, and this, you know, I I don't like watching Star Wars without watching this one before I watch A New Hope now because like it just makes that whole intro in four that much more like, oh, you know, Vader's entrance is like, holy shit, he's gonna start cutting people up now. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> You know, um, I would give this movie, it's so hard because it's like I should have planned. It's like I almost wish I kind of like planned out what my ratings for these movies would have been in advance so I don't yeah. like step on anything. But I feel like a nine is definitely, um, I think a nine is where this sits. Maybe like an 8.7 at worst. Yeah. Because like I didn't really care for the Saw Gerrera stuff that much. Like the tentacle monster thing. I gotta be honest, I didn't care for her. It was always like, whatever, whatever is going to read your mind and tell me if you're telling the truth. And it's like, okay. And it's like, it will also give you so much brain damage that you will have no idea what's going on for the rest of your life. I'm like, this seems like a well, weird way to achieve live, this. I guess, but... Well, it's also like, hey, he gave you a message that has your friend exactly. in it. I mean, I, I know you can fake it, but come on, like... Maybe just tell your buddies about it. I don't know. It, it just, it's, you know, it was really weird. I didn't need it. Why? Is, also, I have so many questions about the Tentacle Monster. Is it a, like a sentient life form? Is it just like a, is it like a Rancor in Six where know. it just lives it's in a cage? It's not there anymore. So. Or is it a person? Like, is it like, oh, this guy on our team can like fucking like mind meld, but he like warps your brain. Um, Yeah, no, that and that kind of stuff pulls it away a little bit for me. It's definitely not perfect, but it is a fantastic film and I think it it's a great Star Wars movie um it really takes the franchise to a different place and I think I like where that place is and I think it's great that it's not hey this is what the franchise is now a bunch of war movies like it's just telling its own story while also being part of a greater narrative and that was really neat but I think that'll do it for Rogue One and of course join us as we finally begin our foray into the original trilogy with Star Wars, A New Hope, if you like the persuasion, 1977. Next week, Amber, are you uh, are you excited? Are you not to dump, jump into the OGest of OG Star Wars? <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's not my favorite, but... Ooh, well, more about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> but as always... I thank you for coming and listening to us. Please follow us on social media and check out our past episodes, especially of our cinematic Star Wars marathon, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, without further ado, I 
am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And this is So What Happens Next Small Screens. We'll see you guys next week, and may the force be with you.